Welcome in, everybody. We are sorry for marking. We are back for episode 92 here around our WWE water cooler. My name's Wes. I'm here with my man Chase. Chase, ready to go this week? Heading back to my era, Ruthless Aggression era. We're getting ready for Extreme Rules here in the modern era. It's a big show. We're creeping up on 100 episodes of Sorry for Marking. We are creeping up on that. That is exciting. Thank you all once again for joining us around the Wrestling Water Cooler. We appreciate you joining us every week. I'm as pumped as can be. I'm always marking out, but I'm in full markout mode because we got a loaded weekend of wrestling coming up, and that's always exciting. And now we get to go back to your era and talk about something that's actually really relevant to what's going on right now. So I'm excited for this whole episode we got ahead of us. I hope you guys joined us last week. Chase took us back to the Attitude Era as we started a brand new trilogy here. Sorry for marking. Talking about authority figures slash GMs. We're really going to hit that GM angle hard this week in my Ruthless Aggression Era. But it's been a good trilogy so far. And like Chase said, it ties in really well to the modern era and kind of the transition we're going through right now as we're getting away from the authority figure GM role a little bit. At the same time, Heyman and a guy we're going to talk about a lot today, Eric Bischoff, he's coming back into the fold. Yeah. So it's just, it really has flowed well with the current product, too. Yeah. And last week in the Attitude Era, when we went back and discussed that, I touched on how an authority figure can sometimes muddle everything and, and become too big of a storyline and almost overshadow the product as a whole and keep some wrestlers from from getting as big a push as they should have. So it's going to be interesting to see where West takes us this week because I know where we're at in the modern era, so that'll be an interesting discussion. But l- let's see the era of the GM is arguably the Ruthless Aggression era. So let's see what West brings to the table today. Well, there's a way it can work, and there's a certain circumstance, I think, is when a GM role is really utilized best. So we'll get to what that is, and that's a certain circumstance we still find ourselves in now Maybe, kind of a little bit. So <laughs> way to be sure of yourself. That's my tease, Mr. Podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> You're, that makes a lot of sense. You'll see. Okay, I'm excited. You'll see. I'm excited. Who knows what's going to happen in your damn era? You all know that. Should we? I guess since we're at the ruthless aggression era, before we even go any further, let's just put the explicit tag on there right here, right now. Not suitable. Who knows what's going to happen here with Wes and the ruthless aggression era? But first, we're going to kick things off with a gimmick segment. Chase over here, he's got a letter pinned to the man, Vince McMahon. So he's going to give us a little inside peek into their correspondence where he sends us off to Vince. Uh, in regards to Extreme Rules, I believe, the yes. Sunday show. Yeah, I just have one simple request to Vince. It's, it's going to be a short letter. Dear Vince, my partner Wes and I were discussing... Before we hit record, when's the last time we had an A-plus pay-per-view here on Sorry for Marking? Folks, you might be able to tell us better than we can. We can't remember. So, Vince, I think it's time for an A-plus pay-per-view. Not just for us personally, for the business as a whole, for everything that's going on, for all, everything that's been building up. Let's get an A-plus pay-per-view and let's completely kick off this quote-unquote, new, new era in the right way. Simple as that. Just be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we're going to get to this card later. I'm just going to run some things real fast. Aleister Black, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, New Day, Heavy Machinery, Revival Usos, 
Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, Braun and Bobby after they almost killed each other, Ricochet and AJ, The Undertaker's here, Roman's here. This is a star-powered Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. These are stars of stars here of this era that are on this show, and they're all in pretty big spots. So I'm excited to see where we end up after all this, but there's no reason why this couldn't at least line up to be an A-plus show. All the pieces are in place. You want to know why I'm buying in a little bit to this, actually? We say a lot, look at all the talent on this card, look at the matchups. Like this, That's not a new thing to say heading into a pay-per-view. Right, especially in this era. But these matches you just laid out, the storytelling's been better the last few weeks going into them. So there's depth and there's layers and there's stories being told. And that's why I think there's the potential here for a great pay-per-view. Because when you first said that before we hit record, I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know if it really has that feeling. But as you go through these matches and you lay them out, and I think of the stories and the segments leading into these matches, you might be right. They've been laying the groundwork for some good stuff. It just feels like a, there's a lot of momentum on a lot of stories. And maybe the matches that you're not most excited about in the ring also have some pretty good like I'm not I'm not marking out for Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross as far as in rain action but it's an intriguing story that they've told over weeks and weeks here and now we get a payoff or at least a big moment in it um and that you can go down the card like that everybody has built momentum up to this Sunday and that's to me that hasn't happened a lot recently where you have the go-home shows leave you with, okay, let's go. I'm not saying Raw was great, but for the majority of the storylines that I'm interested in on this card, they all took a step up for me this week of in this week of wrestling. So Vince, here's what I'm telling you. There's no better time for an A-plus pay-per-view. You got AEW lurking. All right, they're going to be having a show Saturday night. Let's see what Vince and Bischoff, if he's there, and Heyman, if he's there. Let's see what they bring to the table. And don't forget, Brock Lesnar's lurking with that briefcase. So a lot going on right now. I'm, I'm excited about it. Sincerely, please, A+. Also, if you could give, if you could give Sasha a call, uh, that would be great, Vince. Okay. Give her anything. <laughs> Whatever she has. Blank check. Blank check. In full creative control. <laughs> I want her to be like Hogan in the 90s. Sincerely sorry for marking. <laughs> well, you were right. That was a very simple, reasonable letter, Chase. I don't think it's too much to ask for just Vince to give me a perfect pay-per-view. What the hell? <laughs> Sasha and the Hulkamania. <laughs> That's it. How wrestling fan cliche are we? Vince, there's no reason why this shouldn't be the perfect pay-per-view. From where we sit on our couches, it seems very easy. And I know, folks, I get it. I'm just, I'm being semi-facetious, but I'm excited. I just want a pay-per-view that we're itching to sit down and get with you all around this water cooler on, because it feels like we haven't really had that since Mania. Guys, we just did a whole trilogy on summertime stories, the best summertime feuds of our eras, and we talked about how important that was. And you look at where we're at right now, you see potential for what could be Really hot, really good, long-term, summer-long stories that could build stars by the end of this year. Yeah. So this is where you're wanting to see it. Yeah, that's all, see it. I feel like that's all going to start Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That's These are big days, big weekend coming up, folks. Get ready. And maybe as we go through this card later, let's point out a couple, if we remember. 
let's point out a couple of matches and feuds we think have a potential to be like all time great summer summer feuds. Because I think yeah. a couple are there. Yeah, they're there or they're one step away. Mm-hmm. Do you think those are reasonable expectations as far around the water cooler here? Do you think the? Yeah, I think I think everybody understands where we're coming from in the sense that it's time for a momentum building pay per view. Let us know what you guys think. Be sure you're following us. Sorry for marking Instagram, Facebook. That's where we'll get your feedback. You can send us an email if you do that. Do people do that still? Uh, I send them all damn day at, okay. the, at the Hill Day job. But right. Sorry for marking at Gmail. Yeah. I'd like to get some of you guys on the, on the air here. I'd like to expand this water cooler. As we go into the fall, guys, we're going to kind of be making some tweaks, some bigger than others as we head into the fall in a new era of Sorry for Marking. So we're going to be trying to incorporate some new things and get you guys involved a little bit. So make sure you're first of all subscribed so you continue to hear us every week here, sorry for marking, and then make sure you're following us on social medias and hell, send us an email. Yeah, I would love an email. Here, I love all the feedback we're getting and we just, we're itching to put that on the air here and let you guys have a, have a voice on the show because we love you around the water cooler. We just don't want to sit here and blab to you all day and all night. So yeah, do that and to make sure you keep following us and we'll let you and we'll keep you updated on everything going forward. Keep telling your friends. We appreciate that, guys. We've seen some good numbers lately. That means you guys are inviting that means you guys are spreading the good word, inviting more people in. It's exciting to be hitting our peak right as WWE's kind of going into this relaunch in the fall. It feels yeah. like it's the right time. Yeah. You know what else is the right time for? You ready? Yeah, always. I don't even know what you're going to say and I'm ready. Ruthless aggression there, Chase. Oh, man. It's time. Oh, man. I thought we had an award or something. I forgot that that's not till later. Yes. Okay. Well, let's go. I'm sorry. I'm just. You are. What I'm scared. I'm. Do you remember? When's the last time we were here? What happened last time we were here? In this damn era? What what was that? I I don't. It just feels like. It was just a a child custody case being decided in a ladder match. I, Wes, I've had a traumatizing couple months in the ruthless aggression era and all I'm saying is, can we get a little more mellow this week? Can we just tone it down in the ruthless aggression? A little more bureaucratic maybe? Might be the perfect word <laughs> for the week we are about to have. I was trying to find a segue. <laughs> Y'all know I was. Okay, so coming out of Chase's Attitude Era last week, and of course we talked about Mr. McMahon a lot last <laughs> week, and the you know it's the, he's the authority figure, literally, figuratively, on every level when it comes to WWE. Yeah. But we're staying more in the kayfabe world as far as this trilogy goes and the creative side of things. Mm-hmm. So coming from that era where you have an all-time great authority figure, heel, the perfect antagonist for all the wrestlers... Yeah, and he was literally the antagonist for all the wrestlers. <laughs> good and bad. Exactly. If you guys listened last week. You heard Chase did a good job of not being too attitude era biased last week. Mm-hmm. And he's, we looked at both sides of it. There was pros and cons to that authority figure being one of the top guys or the top guy. Right. Real life and storyline wise. Exactly. And just the go is to not all, constantly look at the attitude era with rose colors, rose colored glasses, and realize that maybe some of these things can be improved in the modern era if we look at them through that lens. 
So you go a couple years down the road, like how long can Vince keep being this dominating figure on TV? Like you got to think that's going to get old after a while or he's just going to start overshadowing people too much. Mm-hmm. Like you need to bring in something new, fresh, but Dan, those are big shoes to fill. They are. It's a, it's a weird position to have to be put in. But like I said, there's a certain circumstance that they found themselves in in my era where this was able to breathe new life into that authority figure role. Mm-hmm. And that was the brand split. So now all of a sudden you have two distinct brands and you have that built-in competition and you have you know GMs with goals like trying to make their show better than the other show. Mm-hmm. And I think that dynamic alone does a lot to help a GM fit in the WWE world. So let me get a little children West mark out younger Wes take on this temperature check. Were you excited at this brand split and were you pumped to see like G there were going to be GMs like was the authority role. Like how was that coming in? How did you feel about that going into all this? Like did Mr. McMahon have you marking out two coming out of my attitude era? Cause I know you were watching, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of my attitude era. Yeah. And it was just, it was such a part of wrestling. Like it's, mm-hmm. that had always been the case. And I think, I think a general manager or, you know, a head figure, whatever you want to call him, a commissioner, whatever it is. Right. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, it makes a lot of sense for the cohesiveness of the story and for a power structure, having somebody who puts the show together. Like, that all makes a lot of sense to me. But I don't know if they should always be one of the top two or three stars on the show. Exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think that's where you start seeing the negatives creep in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Were you? Did you find yourself missing the GM role here? Like, like I'm saying, did you want? Was there not? There wasn't a GM before to McMahon relinquish. Oh, there was always somebody it, in charge. But, so, right. You know, if we start my era here at Sorry for Marking, in the invasion angle you have Heyman and Vince and mm-hmm. Shane, like you have these authority figures. And Stephanie was around there too. Right. So yeah. you have all them in place. That's and then true. coming out of that, I want to say when they, so when they very first did the brand split, it was Flair and McMahon as co-owners. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. did that whole storyline. Um, and that's when they did the draft. Those two were the GMs doing the draft. So there was always somebody there. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I think just saying there was always somebody, like I think that's kind of became one of the problems of the GM role over the last, I mean, decade at this point. Right. Like you've had so many people shuffle in and out, so many people that aren't credible in any way. It's watered it down. Right. It has. So there's certain categories you have to have, and the, maybe the most important one is they have to be a credible authority figure. Like this, we have to understand why this roster of alpha wrestlers would obey this authority figure. Right. Like we had that has to make sense to us. So when you have like celebrities coming in and being the GM for a night and bullshit like that, like that just ruins the whole GM yeah, concept. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's, you know, now you can argue it's time for that to go away, at least for a little bit. Yeah. Especially if we're not going to have a brand split, which is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But back in my era when you had that strict brand split, at least for a few years, and you had a couple strong figureheads in charge. One of which he was from 2002 to 2005. Chase, that's a solid run. That is a long run. Got to be one of the longer straight GM runs mm-hmm. in the history of wrestling. Really, second longest overall. 
Okay. He's um he was eventually passed by somebody else we'll talk about later in this episode. Ooh, okay. From my from also my era. The era of the GM. I <laughs> guess we're calling it. Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. But in two thousand two, I didn't realize at the time, as a little old ruthless aggression era fan, didn't fully understand what I was watching. But a guy came in who I think the best GM I've seen in my lifetime. Whoa. Allow me to introduce you to the new general manager of Raw. His name is Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff. So, I don't know who the hell this guy is, Chase. As a kid sitting there. So you. I didn't know. So you really didn't know at all? No idea. Really? No idea. I knew WCW was a thing, I, but I didn't know enough to know who ran it, like who there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an on-screen person in WCW, though. I guess that was more early, though. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is crazy. There's certain moments that really highlight the stark differences in when we watched, because he's one of the most vivid, because I was still turning back to Nitro and watching him do his thing every Monday with the NWO. That's crazy. I know that was something you pointed out when we very first started this episode. We were talking about some of our big keystone moments from our eras. That blew your damn mind. Oh, you mean this when we very first started? Sorry for this yeah, not show. This, yeah, sorry, not this episode. Yeah. This whole damn podcast. Yeah. It blew your mind that Eric Bischoff be, being named the Raw GM was a m- moment I'll never forget. You're like, what? <laughs> the WCW guy? <laughs> I do remember that. You're right. That is a very stark difference in our wrestling fan experience. So since I didn't really understand what was going on, and you had kind of stopped watching at this point, I, I'm i sorry, I had to go a little bit behind your back and use your official Attitude Era correspondent. Yeah, I one. noticed that. Are, are we cool? Is that all right? Uh, I, I charge a fee, but yeah, I guess. Adrian's like, a fee? I never got a <laughs> dime from these guys. <laughs> So I had to see what his opinion was, and he basically just reinforced everything I would assume you know, the reaction would be at this point. Just shock, disbelief. He said what you heard JR say in that clip was basically what was going through his head. <laughs> it was probably the best way to explain it. Can you kind of put yourself in that moment? Like, Do you know how you would have responded to that? Cause you gotta get, it would have been... You've got to know, guys, there's no spoilers like people, there was right. three people in the world that knew that was happening. It was Bischoff, Vince, and Bischoff's wife. Like that yeah. shit wasn't leaking out. Yeah. So it was a complete surprise when he walked out on stage. Was that a huge pop? Mm-hmm. It would be surreal. I mean, it would shock and disbelief are two good words to describe it. I think I would just wonder, like what's happening especially at that age i would wonder what's happening yeah i would definitely wonder what's happening but i think looking at it from my point of view like i said i didn't have any idea who he was so he's got to win me over you know what i mean like i come in with no preconceived notions i don't think good or bad so for me to sit here and say he's my favorite gm i've ever seen in my lifetime i think that says a lot it does say a lot because i didn't have any of that to go off of yes i was just going strictly off of the raw general manager, Eric Bishop. What he did from the day he got there and nothing before. Yeah, that's true. He must have had a huge handprint on the era. I mean, and not just a not just story. Like, I'm sure 
he had to have been in such a such an on-screen presence, not just in storylines, but just on a weekly basis. You probably got used just to seeing him all the time. All the time. And, and you never got tired of that. And that's where we, we said maybe the GM shouldn't be one of the top stars of the show, but it definitely feels like he was. And to me, maybe other fans out there can let us know if they had a different opinion. But that didn't feel like a detriment to me at all. Like I felt like he only added to the show. So maybe are we looking at this the wrong way? Is it about talent? No, it's it's. I guess it's about stories. It, can you keep the stories interesting enough for a GM role to be yeah. interesting enough? I think another aspect that Bischoff he got a big bonus in this, and especially as a young fan, like I'm given. I don't understand as much as I do today how things work back there. Yeah. So I'm giving Bischoff a lot of the credit where his on-screen kayfabe GM, he debuts the Elimination Chamber. He debuts <laughs> Raw Roulette, which is True. one of the funnest gimmicks of all time, I think. So in my mind, like he's a fucking genius. Yeah. Eric, the Elimination Chamber? Yeah. You crazy bastard. This is awesome. <laughs> How did WCW go out of business? <laughs> so he gets a big check, even as a heel. I'm like, okay, this guy. This fucking guy. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Lil I can I wish I could be a fly on the wall to see Lil Wes marking out to that elimination seeing that elimination chamber. I wanted for the that first pay per view so bad. Oh, I bet you did. Mm-hmm. Guys, cherish the network. Cherish it, kids. Bischoff. Huge impact. And that's somebody who just I ruthless aggression in him. I I, I can't tie that thread together it's just it's like i don't see a lot of that doing my research i guess because i'm looking at big matches mostly when yeah. i'm doing research just trying to see what you're talking to me about but like i guess he was more of a backstage presence or do you remember him being in these big storylines and in big in I remember stuff? a lot of big moments and it's moments we've talked about on this show over the years um, a big one that comes to mind is billy and chuck's wedding oh, yeah. is that ring a bell at all yes, with you yes him yes, disguising himself man. as the minister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he's so, he feels like, like to me, he's attached to the Elimination Chamber. He's attached to Raw Roulette. And that's giving him more credit than he deserves, you know, because well, he was an on screen character. But, but K Fabe, he is yeah, attached the, to it. Right. So the on screen character, Eric Bischoff, he's tied to those concepts to yeah. me. And he always will be. Yeah. And it's crazy to me that you, I guess because he's such an Attitude Era guy to you, because you think Monday Night Wars, that he's not attached to the Ruthless Aggression era in your mind, because he was basically, from 2002 to 2005, that's the majority of my first era here. Uh He's the GM of Raw that whole time. And I guess I just didn't realize that lasted that long. I knew he came in, and I knew the big Raw moment where he was GM, and I knew he introduced Elimination Chamber. But I thought that was more of a short-lived thing it's just it's insane that that didn't get stale, and I'm and I it might have gotten it might have dipped, but for anything that Vince can hold that can hold Vince's level of expectation for three years, nobody can do that. You know who helped him a lot of the way, and who he fed off of for I don't know maybe about half of that. Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, he's a damn good guy to work with. Yeah. <laughs> So this is at One the, of the end, goats. towards the end of Austin's career. So he's hurt a lot. He's having to miss time. So he, that's where he's coaching in with Bischoff for a while. He's the sheriff of Raw yeah. for a while. So Bischoff and Austin feeding off each other was about as great as you would imagine it would be. That's a must-see network. 
recommendations right there. Go back and find that. So you go through the years. I mean, that's a big tenure, a successful tenure, if you ask me. You look at Elimination Chamber. You've got Raw Roulette. Chase, did I tell you he invented HLA? <laughs> did, I, did I tell you that? You didn't mention it, but we don't need to expound upon it now. Okay. Lesbians. Okay, got it. Lesbians. Hot. In action. Yes, HLA. <laughs> that's a Bischoff thing. Uh huh. As was Three Minute Warning, the sequel to HLA. <laughs> the sequel. <sighs> if you ask the average Ruthless Aggression Air fan, do you think they would grade his tenure a success? You think? I would think so. Yeah. I would say so, probably, too. Yeah. Based love on... for our listeners to let us know, but I would think it would have to be. I mean, I could see if you kind of dipped on it after a while. Like you said, that's just a long time. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me now that it's, what, 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. You don't look back on that and just remember these epic moments you'll never forget with Eric Bischoff right in the middle of it. It's so interesting to me that the one example I use in this trilogy from my era is one that I thought ended up muddying up my era and this is one of the more positive episodes you've had towards your era in a long time as far as i loved all of this you know what i'm saying yeah that's That's just interesting so you you had a very as when i said i'm not looking at the attitude i'm trying to look not look at rose colored glasses i'm not saying you are i'm saying you don't need to because all your stuff was just so good with gm experience and like it, it sounds like it got over and expanded over the entire roster, which mine was more of stuff at the top took up the entire, like swallowed the mm-hmm. roster. And yours sounds like they took Eric Bischoff and spread him throughout the roster. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Instead of Vince being so focused on Austin and doing anything, anything he has to do to make Austin's life a living hell. Well, Bischoff's just trying to make lots of wrestlers' lives living hells, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, he'd have his specific feud. But yeah, Raw Roulette, you know, he's interacting with everybody Mm -hmm. on that roster. They come in and have an interaction with him, and it's about the match, and it's about the gimmick. And Mm -hmm. it's, he's delivering the show instead of being the show. Yeah. It felt like that a lot of the time. And that wasn't as prominent in my era. That's something that really did kind of get rolling in the Ruthless Aggression. You saw it in my era. But you saw more of, in my era, the whole undercard was faction, faction, faction versus faction, tag team, faction. And then at the top, you had your big stars fighting the the big authority guy. Whether it was Shane, whether it was Stephanie, whether it was Vince, whether it was the McMahon-Helmsley regime. There was always something at the top. And, and a bunch of dudes and girls right there with them just kind of tagging along and not really getting over. You know what I think part of that is? All the authority figures you just named were McMahon's. Yep. Vince being the big one, who he is the authority figure. Like, everybody is below him in mm-hmm. WWE. So I think when you come in in my era, it, you almost add a new layer. Mm-hmm. Like, you add a little buffer between the superstars and Vince, and that's, you know, they don't have complete power. They're not on the level of Vince. No. I think that changes it a little bit, too. It does. And we've seen that with GMs, you're right, throughout. I think Mick Foley's another good example of that, but... You've seen that, and it does tend to work better. Which is really interesting when you look here in 2019 that they basically just did that on the business side of things. Yep. Which is really interesting. And who did they hire? Mr. Eric Bischoff. Wild. Game of Thrones level type layers of story here in WWE. I mean, it's just... 
it's crazy how WWE goes in circles and and eras form and go away and because you, you're seeing it happen and you can imagine as a as a kid you don't realize it but in your era like a lot of these things that you were just marking out for now end up being these kind of revolutionary things and that got attached to a GM kind of perspective for you and I guess so you came out of your era like I think the GM is a pretty good thing I mean I'm I'm, I'm being presumptive but that's that that's what it sounds like to me that the 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 GM role had momentum in the ruthless aggression era. I think that's fair to say, and I think that carried for a little bit. We don't get into the dark ages much here on this show. That's why they're called the dark ages. But you see a guy like Teddy Long come in. He's the guy I teased earlier. He's the only longer tenured GM than Eric Bischoff. Really? Yep. Old Tag Teddy team Long. match, player, player. And what a breath of fresh air he was, because you had this ultimate heel GM over on Raw <laughs> and to have a babyface GM like Teddy over on SmackDown. He yeah. was such a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Listen, can I... I gotta tell the folks... I, I've never told this story on air. My quick Teddy Long story from WrestleMania weekend. WrestleMania weekend when I... It was, I think it was Orlando. I got my picture with Ron Simmons. Was that Orlando or New Orleans? It doesn't matter. I got my picture with Ron Simmons and I just got Ron Simmons to sign my picture. And Ron Simmons goes, hey... You want to have Teddy Long sign that belt? I had my title with me that I had bought that Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, and Ric Flair have signed. Ron Simmons asked me if, if I want Teddy Long, who's standing next to him, standing right here, as close as me I am to you, Wes, if I want him to sign my belt. But I'm standing next to Ron Simmons, one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet, and I got to go, no. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah. I'm good. He's like, are you sure, brother? He'll sign that belt for you for uh, 30 bucks, brother. No, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. All right, all right, have a good one. But it was just so, these people are larger than life. And I watch them on my TV my whole life. And then to be in this awkward moment with these wrestlers. Shout out to Ron Simmons. Teddy Lone, I'll definitely get your autograph in a picture with you. You're just not going to be signing He's my belt, buddy. Not on the belt, though. No, play a player. Not on the belt, play a player. <laughs> not on the belt. Oh, Teddy Long. Oh, that's a fantastic story. <laughs> you were so shook coming out of that situation. You, you, you didn't know how to react. I had no idea, folks. You got to ask Wes. I didn't know. Yeah, it took me a while to get get over that one. When you have awkward celebrity encounters, it's weird. I know you all have stories. Let us know. Ed, sorry for marking. I know you all got them. Before I wrap this main event segment up, we've got to talk about how it ends. A GM <laughs> tenure this long, this... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Epic. Epic works. <laughs> you have to go out with a bang, or at least try your best to. So on an episode of Raw in December 2005, Eric Bischoff, he leaves the, the arena that night in the back of a garbage truck. <laughs> Vince throws, literally picks him up, throws him in a garbage truck. Vince living out, I'm sure, a fantasy he had... Going back deep into the 90s. <laughs> God, yes. You know Vince has been wanting to do that for years. And yeah, and you fast-forwarded. That is the end of one crazy-ass Ruthless right. Aggression Raw. And how you get there is they do a trial on Raw. In WWE Court of Law. Vince is the judge. Of course. Bischoff's defense attorney, Jonathan Coachman. <laughs> Don't like your odds. Handpicked by Judgment he, Man. He tried his damnedest. 
Nah, he tried. <laughs> the prosecutor was Mick Foley. And numerous hilarious and talented witnesses. So throughout the night, they just they each bring witnesses onto the stand and they either make their argument for or against Bischoff. And just seeing the crossover from a guy like Vince into a judge role where he's like, Shut up! I mean, denied. He's trying to be so professional. Wrestling entrance themes playing and these people enter the courtroom just killed me. It's the most wrestling thing ever, and I mean that in the best way. You guys got to go back and watch this Eric Bischoff trial. Just once again, I think an example of you putting good, talented performers in a chance to shine and letting them be entertaining. This was a great show-long story, and it culminates Eric Bischoff getting fired and tossed out with the trash. In a garbage truck. Why was the garbage truck there? There's no reason. Well, just just for the in. trash line. Yeah, Vince drove it in. Just, 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 just for the line. Mm-hmm. Just to do it. Good shit. Oh, and John Cena fu'd Eric Bischoff. Like these things, when you say them now, sound in, insane. Think about where Eric Bischoff started. Think about where John Cena started. And here we are. It's crazy. Full circle wrestling is. So I think overall. The GM was a big plus in my era. And the big reason why, I know we spent a lot of time just talking about Bischoff because it's like three help. years. Yeah. Three, <laughs> three years. Great GM. And he's your back. whole it was your whole era. But it's really the brand split, I think, that's key for these GMs working. Interesting. And that's why I think as we go into Fox and we go into a new era and we're seeing them use the wild card. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. You just see superstars everywhere, and it looks like the brand split's going away. So if the brand split's going away, keep the GMs away. Mm-hmm. But if we have a solid, real brand split, which would make more sense since you named two different guys in charge of two different shows. And your shows are on two different channels. Yes. You know, it's it's all feels very brand split. Then I'm I'm open to bringing back the GM under those circumstances. Whew, that's that's bold of you to say, especially when everybody is saying I couldn't be, you know, not everybody that I don't know. I don't know who we're talking about when we say everybody, but it feels like the it feels like the consensus right now is we couldn't be further away from I, I don't want any GMs anywhere near my television screen. I'm burnt out on him. I think Corbin was the peak of that burnout. Well, that's the, I don't want not a wrestler. And, and we don't need to get into the modern era, but. And just somebody credible. Yeah. Yeah. And not one of the top three stars on the show. I th- and I think that's a hard pool to choose from. But maybe that's a discussion to have in the third episode. What I will say is it almost feels like WWE at some point is going to have to commit to going all in, ruthless aggression with a GM, how they did in your era. Or they're gonna have to scrap it because once they get to Fox, they're not gonna have they're not gonna have they're not gonna want to be flip flopping GMs and playing hot potato with who's in charge. It feels like that's not something they're gonna want. So either do away with it all together or have some plan set in place for some authority role on your show by the time the fall comes around. And it just so happens the person that you just spent your whole episode talking about from your era is behind the scenes going to be the director in this going to be the director of the show. So it's very interesting to see. I'm not saying he'll be on screen, but what how does he feel about his his own role that he played 
in the ruthless aggression does he feel that came off well a lot of that's going to reflect in what we see in the fall that's true how Bischoff feels about his own performance this might have been the first trilogy in a while where very little overlap with who we're talking about and what's going on yeah really none you know I mean the McMahons and they'll they'll always overlap (laughs) you know avoiding right yeah good stuff so guys Thanks for joining me back in the ruthless aggression era. A much was did that meet your needs, Chase? Ooh, yeah, was it was family friendly. I mean, yeah, it was fine. I, well, you did mention um, lesbians being hot in action, and then the sequel, Three Minute Warning. But we didn't really get into the context. If you know, you know. But yeah, other than that, yeah, it's fine. Very family friendly, ruthless aggression era trip this month, this week. And as always, we will conclude this main event next week in the modern era. So make sure you are subscribed so you get that show as it drops next week. And we'll put a bow on this thing. And I think at the end, we'll we'll make a determination whether the Sorry for Marking wants to put a stamp on a GM or no GM. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. So it might be a discussion we'll have to have yeah. in the air. Usually it's a matter of which era won. Maybe this one might be a matter of what we need going forward. Yay or nay. And we'll also let our listeners decide that as well. But now, back to the modern stuff. You tell me, do you want to start with the pay-per-view card or do you want to give out some markout awards? Let's just start with the card. Okay. And then when we get to the specific winners. Ah, I see what you're doing here. We can maybe go ahead Mm -hmm. and give them some awards while we're discussing them. Okay. Where we won't be giving out an award, a Cruiserweight Championship match. Nah. (laughs) Who we got? Drew Gulak versus Tony Nese. That's got, Gulak's got to retain here, right? He just yeah. Are, are they going to play hot potato with this? I hope they don't. I don't know, Chase. <laughs> Folks, I don't even got to look at West. That tone is moving along. Next up, we got. Actually, I'm going to surprise you here because I'm going to stop to talk about Drew Gulak. You're going to break down Drew Gulak now, okay? <laughs> no, I just I will never forget a show here in Louisville, Kentucky, SmackDown. If you're out there, if you're listening, you made an impact on me, but the biggest Drew Gulak fan I've ever met. I didn't even know this guy existed. <laughs> oh, I wasn't at this with you, no, right? No, me, yeah. me and Alex, yeah. the one is H listener. He's in Lexington. This dude lost his mind for Gulak, chanted for him the whole show. When Gulak came out there for 205 Live, made That's his night. Crazy. These you, people exist. There's somebody for everybody, folks. So I apologize for demeaning and skipping over your cruiserweight match but oh yeah you we definitely lost him if he was a listener (laughs) he's he's probably online just hammering sorry for marking right now they don't respect gulak there is somebody for everybody like who you like folks let's go to these tag team championships next Ooh, okay which one do you want to talk about first can you believe that the revival and the usos are having a championship match and i didn't even know it until i looked up the card i know me neither i didn't even know it it's so meh and it's so these are arguably the two best tag teams in the world. That's crazy. We need more of a story than that. It feels weird to complain too much about it because we've had a lot of good stories, I think, kind of going into this, or at least decent stories. So I don't want to complain about maybe one storyline maybe getting passed up, but man, did this have to be the storyline to get right, you know, passed up? Should be a good match though if they give them the time. Who you picking here? I'm going to go with the Revival to retain. Yeah. I think they're just now kind of getting some some momentum as far as 
there's a new little twist in their character where they're being like kind of nature boy adjacent. I kind of like it. Old school, 80s nature boy adjacent. Jet flying, wheeling and dealing, tag team. It just doesn't feel like to me, because the story hasn't been there, that they need to lose it right now. I think they'll just retain and mm-hmm. keep doing what the, they're doing. The revival, unfortunately, been a couple of guys who have been lost in the kind of GM. Don't you put a bad name no. to GM. There's no GMs right now, Chase. Okay, Shane I know. McMahon. We're out of it. Okay, I won't. You're right. There's no GM right now. I won't get. They're just they're just kind of stuck being a McMahon flunky. Shane McMahon's flunky, the revival. I think they need to get out under their own because they got some interesting character arcs going right now. I do like what I'm seeing on the SmackDown side of things in that tag team division. That's been really entertaining lately. Yeah, surprisingly. I think Heavy Machinery have slowly... I'm. Oh, I'm, speaking of surprising. Oh, it's time. It's time! It's time! It's Sorry for Markings, Markout Performer of the Week. Chase, I'm, you're doing this one. This brings me great joy to sit back and listen to this. Folks, it's Otis. It's Otis. Otis is the mark-out performer of the week. I never thought I would say that sentence. Otis. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't know, really know what he's doing. But it's, I can't not watch it. Like, I feel like it's very entertaining. From the time he had his microphone and the way he cuts his promos, I don't really know what it is. But it's just a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm I'm on board. And he won in a huge, good triple threat match on SmackDown this week against Xavier Woods and Daniel Bryan. Really good match. You think Otis will get the win on Sunday? No. New chance? No, that won't happen. They're not there yet. But I think I'm on board with Otis. Not so much the tag team, but I like Otis the character. You're saying you hate Tucker, huh? I don't hate Tucker. I just don't know how I feel about, like, do I like heavy machinery enough for them to have the tag belts? I don't think so. But I like Otis. That's how I'm <laughs> feeling. That's how I'm feeling. But he definitely showed me something this week. And he, in the ring with two vets, you know, that's impressive. An impressive week for Otis. And I'm sure it felt like that was the kind of performance that would get a lot of pats on the back backstage. So you think um, Brian and Rowan will retain here? No. I think the New Day win. Really? Yeah. I think we get a New Day win here. That would be good. I have no reason. I don't, I don't have anything to stand on with it. I just think that's what we could be no, getting. I like that. I'm going to pick Ryan and Rowan, but I like. I would rather your, your prediction happen. That would just feel fresh with Kofi having the title. If you know somebody turns at some point or another. like it's just. Mm. Well, it could, yeah, they could all have the gold. And you, Daniel Bryan plus whoever's chasing with Kofi, all that combined could be pretty fun. Guess I just gave away my Kofi prediction. <laughs> let's let's get to that one, shall we? Let's do it. Samoa Joe, Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. This sh- I'm hoping this is just a really good match. Samoa Joe hopefully works over Kingston in a brutal way, and then Kofi makes an awesome comeback. And I think Kofi wins. It seems pretty clean cut. But it's weird that Joe got thrown into this only to lose real fast. So that's yeah, my only hesitation. It's for him to be thrown in to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can agree it's weird. It's just which way is more weird. That would upset me 
greatly if Joe <laughs> beat Kofi this Sunday. It really would. Yeah, it just can't happen, right? The way our complaint about this, Joe's awesome. We love seeing him in this position, but and, he wasn't built at all to this. And aren't they on different brands? Chase, don't be ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> Does that matter? I guess not. I guess not. I wish it did, but right now, no, it doesn't. <sighs> I wish it did. I'm so confused every week. I am. Yeah, so we're both taking to Kofi to retain there. Yeah. Who would you like to see his SummerSlam feud be? Whew, that's a tough question. Or is that one you want to tackle next week? <laughs> well, we might know next week, so I better ask you now. Or at least have an idea. Who's on SmackDown? Chase, get it out of your head. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Uh, Randy Orton. Wow. Randy Orton, maybe? Upside down today. (laughs) (laughs) Randy Orton? Okay. I think that could work, maybe. Yeah, that'd be good. It's not the most exciting, but I think it could be exciting. And remember, folks, they have a history. Full circle. Right. One of the best feuds of the Dark Ages. Mid-card level. Well, not mid-card level, but that's when Kofi, the only time Kofi went up from the mid-card level in his career. You want to do go through some of the singles titles here? Yeah, start knocking them out. United States Championship. Woo, what a feud that's turned into the last few uh-huh. weeks. So much fun. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. We said, what is some of these ma- matches and feuds that stick out that could be a summer-long epic story and feud? This is Styles yeah. and Ricochet. Maybe the top one. That's it. It's already started in earnest, really. And there's, they've already added layers to it, really. And they both have victories over each other. And it's been vicious. And you have, all of a sudden, you've had AJ Styles with a full-blown heel turn, getting full-blown booze. The club's back together. Ricochet's over. He's the United States champion. The title's getting over. It's all good, man. What a feud we got going here. Who do you think wins? Feels like we're getting this every summer with Styles right now. Um, yeah, it really does. That's true. We are getting that every summer. Uh, this is a tough one. I think this might be a Smalls finish with Ricochet winning, but not in like a straight up way. Maybe Gals and Anderson. I obviously Gals and Anderson are gonna interfere. Yeah, I wonder if AJ wins because of their interference. That feels too obvious, doesn't it? Well, that would explain why it just popped into my head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be... It's a tough one, but I'm going to go Ricochet. Retains. Whew. Tough to pick anybody to beat Styles. Especially when he's got his, his two goons <laughs> in the corner. It feels like Ricochet needs to win more than Styles, and a loss would not hurt Styles with the club because of the club. They could easily just... Yeah tear shit up on their way back to the top. Will that be three wins for Ricochet over Styles? Be two, won't it? Did Styles beat him the first week? Styles beat him the first week. Mm-hmm. And then In a non-title. And then he... That and, would... and then Ricochet beat Styles. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the turn kind of happened. And then Ricochet beat both mm-hmm. Giles and Anderson this week or whatever. But yeah, he, it would be a second match. win. Yeah, this is the rubber match. I don't know if this is the end of the feud, though. I hope not. I don't think it is. I hope not. I, it so doesn't do feel th- like it is. Yeah, and I guess no matter which way they go, you could continue this feud easily Yeah. at this point. 
Yeah. One I'm really looking forward to. And it was a little bit of a disappointment to me. I'm interested to get your take on this. But the match itself is going to be awesome. Alistair Black, Cesaro, <clears throat> seeing these two in the ring, I think, match-wise, this has all the potential in the world. Yeah. I don't know who I was hoping for to be Alistair Black's opponent after all the build-up, but I don't think it was Cesaro. I agree with you. I agree with you in all aspects of that. I was still... Ex- I guess... I was excited when he sat down because I immediately thought, oh, they could tear the house down. But as far as like, oh, this is the one that he's been waiting for. Yeah, that there wasn't a big payoff to that kind of build. Especially because he just sat down. Yeah, with the mouth guard in. <laughs> yeah. I see what they're trying to do with Cesaro. They're repackaging them a little bit and they're booking him really well. Kind of superhero-ish. Yeah, I think this can definitely work. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess Cesaro just doesn't do much for me at this point. Yeah. You gotta build him a little bit. And but I like it that you don't start black and you've kind of touched on this more than me. Don't start him right at the top. Let his character build, beat mm-hmm. Cesaro and build another layer to this yeah. whatever he is. So in that aspect it's good, but you're oh, right. In that aspect, Cesaro's the perfect guy. Yeah. To go out there and have a great match with. Yeah. And yeah. Who are you taking in this match? Alistair Black. Me too, for sure. SmackDown Women's Championship. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with this one. <laughs> My goodness. This one could get crazy. So, Bailey defending against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Yep. Two Nikki on. Cross has turned into the best friend in the world and keeps winning. <laughs> so, she got to pick the stipulation and she adds herself into the match to help Alexa Bliss win because she's a great friend. Despite what Bailey keeps trying to tell her. They're going to be co-champions, she claims. Yeah. Ooh, I got some bad news for Nikki Cross. I think none of that matters. I think Bailey wins here. Maybe, hopefully, possibly. God, please. I think so, too. With the help of Sasha Banks. Hey, guy can dream. A guy can dream. (laughs) That's not impossible, though. Because they've talked about, they've been bringing up Bailey needing a friend. And talking about her friend who abandoned her. It's not out, that's not completely far fetched. How mad are you gonna be to see Bailey and Ale- Bailey and Sasha standing tall and Alexa oh, Bliss? I wanna come in here steaming. Next week, yeah. You're gonna be mad. That's how I felt for pretty much three hundred and sixty five days. I don't know what year it was it all ran together, but it feels like at some point in my life I had a year straight of that feeling that you're probably going to be feeling Sunday. So enjoy it, you son of a bitch. Come on home, Sasha. <laughs> Come on home. Let's help Bailey get this title back and retain this title, and then we'll take it from her like a boss should. Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. I don't know. Are we sure they're alive? Okay, Bobby's alive. Bobby is for He's sure. He's alive. Braun was just letting his what was his pelvis recover, right? Yeah. yeah. I really thought he was going to be at Raw. That was my one big disappointment. I know that that just amped up for the match even more, but I wanted I just wanted one more big What do you do? Nothing. I don't know. <laughs> what do you do I after guess, that? I guess that's when I realized, oh, I'm excited for this match because I was like, I was waiting on Raw for that, you know. Yeah. But I should have known, you know, but... I get suckered into that sometimes. <laughs> I think if you look at this card, this is the match that could kind of wow us as far as the extreme rules 
side of things goes. Oh, because you don't see a, you don't see a lot. You know, you don't see a TLC match. You don't see a cage match. You don't see. No, does it feel like they're saving it? Doesn't it feel like they're saving it for this one? Exactly. Oh God, <laughs> they really are, aren't they? Yep, they are. Man, Braun wins, right? Yeah, Braun wins. Do you think this will be a top three match on this card when it's all said and done? Man, that's a tough question. Yes. Because they're probably, there's some matches that I think are going to be better that won't get as much time and that probably won't be as good as I'm picturing in my head. Such as Black and Cesaro, Revival Usos. I hope that Raw Tag match is on the free show. I'm being real. It might be. It might be. Which is crazy for me to say. But yeah, it has the potential. Definitely has the potential to be a top three match on this card. I'm going with Braun. Braun here. Last man standing. That's interesting because these two aren't known for long matches. Yeah, that's true. But they are known for car wrecks. Could be a, not a spot fest, a car wreck fest. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call it that. So that leaves two matches on this show. Two of the more polarizing matches on the card. Let's start with the winner takes all match. Universal champion. Raw Women's Champion, both titles on the line as they defend against Baron Corbin and Becky Lynch. Any pin, any combination of pinning, they lose the titles, both of them. Yeah. Winner take all. I, you guys know what it means. First. <laughs> thank, thank you, Wes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> First of all, let me get your temp check on this. You don't have to explain it again. <laughs> Chase, you know, winner take all. I just if Becky loses, uh-huh. Rollins loses. Yes. If Rollins loses, Becky, Becky loses. loses. Winner take all. Get it. What's your temp check on it? Are you just the stipulation itself for for the two biggest titles arguably in the company? I'm in not because it's been overly like creative and good. I'm in because it's been a good fun wrestling story. Yeah. Like having these champions in a time where it's the summertime feuds and they're in a relationship. And I, you have two good heels in Corbin and Lacey Evans. Yeah. I, I think this has all made a lot of sense. I think it's all been fun for the most part. Mm. And I think this match will probably be fairly fun. But I think there's no way Rollins and Becky lose. No, they're not losing. Because, Chase, if one of them lose, they both lose. <laughs> <laughs> they both lose their titles. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy stipulation. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I've, I think, man, Corbin and Lacey got so much heat. Like, but then there's also this huge segment of people that are just think that this is the worst part about Raw. I'm not seeing that. I see that Becky and Seth are corny and on screen they don't have much chemistry. I see that. But overall, I think the crowds have been really hot for these segments. Okay, so that's what I I think think it's going to be a hot crowd Sunday. Sometimes this happens. But I think the internet take has been different than what the live shows have been telling us. Yeah. As far as feedback from this. Yeah. I, I think, think so. it'll be a hot crowd on Sunday for it. I hope so. And I hope... Yeah, I, I want Lacey to have a good showing. It just feels like people are wanting to fight back on this push that she's gotten. And I, Which I, I find see, myself defending I, her. I didn't see that coming. Me neither. I thought we were all going to be on board with this new... Fresh star yeah, coming. Well, you scared like, I, and I she got a title. I understand the logistics of it, but as far as her 
and how good she's been, I don't think there's any denying that. She definitely kayfabe did not deserve a title shot. We already discussed all that. I thought she's been great. But I, I got Rollins and Becky retaining the titles. Do you think this will be a top three match? No. Okay. No, I do not. I, I just I just think these matches, these mixed tags can get probably kind of convoluted. Although, it's an extreme rules match. Mm-hmm. No, I still say no. That just probably means a lot of kendo sticks. <laughs> Now, a match that I do think, as I sit here and look at it, we could be sitting here being like, damn, that was surprisingly really good. Ooh, yeah. Roman Reigns and The Undertaker, a tag team, together. (laughs) (laughs) You know what a tag team means. (laughs) Taking on Shane and Drew McIntyre. First of all, I don't know if I've really gotten your take on where this story has gone, because who the hell saw this coming a few weeks ago? But just kind of... Tell me where you're at coming into it. What's your expectations for the match? I don't... Is it... It might be my Shane fatigue. I'm not as excited as I would like to be for this match. And the feud in general. Undertaker coming back to me doesn't mean what it used to. No. They... And I don't want to say it. I don't want it to be a reality, but it is. But he's completely been watered down to where I don't care at all when he comes back. Yeah. And he's probably my top six favorite wrestlers right like he's up there but it's just not what it was no i can't i can't force i can't force it i'm not like i'm not marking out for him anymore and it is what it is you get the mark out moment when the lights go off and you get the gong yes you get that that is what i'm marking out then reality sets in and you're like oh uh okay Mm -hmm. and i guess i i kind of feel that way and i just don't know what this is all for here like, what are we, is this Shane because he doesn't like Roman? Is it Roman thinking that Shane is not the best in the world? Why is Taker helping Roman? Is Why does Taker want Shane and Drew so's? Like, there's just been so, I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about the feud, so I can't really, Shane's running around just saying he's the best in the world. We understand that for sure. Roman is angry about it. <laughs> I understand that for sure. And Taker is here. I understand all those things 100%. I just don't know what all of it has to do with anything. So, <laughs> I don't know. I think that this could be a great match, though. I just, I'd have, I'm done with Shane and Drew and that whole thing, I think. And, and Taker. Oh, that hurts to say, doesn't it? Kind you, you of. You can admit it. It hurts to say. You didn't want to ever get to a point where you were saying that. No, I didn't want to. Uh, I mean, but I'm it's not, not my it, fault. I'm not saying it's hard. To, like, <laughs> yeah. It's an easy decision at this point. I, I just don't like it. I'm settled with my taker ending in Orlando against Roman Reigns. Oh, I remember none of this. <laughs> <laughs> this might as well not even be happening. Hashtag fake news. But... Who do you think wins this match? That's the harder question here. Is it? Roman Reigns and The Undertaker? Okay. I should have rephrased this. Who gets the... Who's pinning who? I meant... I, when I say who wins... I would like to think... Roman pins Shane. Yeah. That's what has to happen. And he needed takers. I just... I don't know. I don't know where Roman goes... 
this is one of those I'm just kind of waiting to see where everything falls afterwards. It feels like as we head into the fall, like this isn't going to be one of those. Like none of these guys are going to have anything to do with one another. Very quickly. Very yeah. quickly. This seems like a one night thing. I think they're just banking on a dream match kind of deal. And it, it is that on paper. But here's some solid evidence, my friend, as to why things are heading in the right direction into the fall. And the reason why Shane's not going to be focusing on Roman. Oh, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's Sorry for markings. Mark out moment of the week. You're not alone in your feelings towards Shane McMahon, Chase. You're not alone at all. No, one Kevin Owens tends to agree he must be a sorry for marking listener because he feels very passionately that Shane McMahon is ruining wrestling. And he made that very clear this week on SmackDown. Could have easily been the markout performer of the week. But I want to give it to another show-long storyline that I'm loving on weekly episodes now that's starting to trickle in. This one involved KO and Dolph Ziggler. It involved them starting the show fighting outside. Kevin Owens being kicked out. We got a new main event, a new blah, blah, blah. Everything's real hot. And then at the end, Kevin Owens comes back and stuns Shane McMahon. A stunner to a McMahon to close out SmackDown with Kevin standing tall in the crowd as the show goes off the air real fast. It was the show went off the air so fast. It was perfect. That moment right there, the stunner to Shane McMahon, the markout moment of the week. Great night for KO, man. Yeah. You last Memorable. week we talked about we didn't know what was going on. Is he a heel? Is he a face? Do we want him to be a heel? Do we want him to be a face? I've had a hard time as a Kevin Owens fan not because I don't think he can do it, but I so see him as a great heel. I think he's a natural heel. So sometimes it's hard right. for me to think these guys can be as good as a face. Mm-hmm. But man, it looks like he can be real good as a face. Yeah, and he's he said on record on podcast that the next thing he wants to do is see if he can get over as a face. He said they that on Lillian Garcia's podcast. The kind of face he can be, they don't really have anybody in that mold right now. Nope. An Austin-esque type guy. Not as a... Becky Lynch is close in the in the, in the women's division. Yeah, but, Becky. But um, nobody as far as gender specific right. in the men's division. Roman, he's not that guy. Seth no. isn't that guy. And they need that. they need that not only for kayfabe reasons. They need that for us fans, the 18 to 34 male... Who want that? Like AEW has is building a brand off those guys, and WWE is trying to just find one. And I think they have one. It's Kevin Owens. So I, I think I can get behind this Kevin Owens as a face. And I think he can do it without even without it feeling like he's became a different person. Because mm-hmm. I think if you look back to the way we've talked about Kevin Owens on this show the last year or so. Even when he was technically a heel, me and you are sitting here on this show, but we're like, why, though? Mm-hmm. He looks a lot like a baby face to me, if you look at what's going on here. He was always like kind of right. Yeah, that's <laughs> been there. So I think it's an easy transition, actually, for him to go into a very successful baby face. And Kevin Owens snapping and like and physically, is is you want to cheer that. It feels like... He is the everyman in that moment. Especially when he's saying everything we're all saying. 
yes. to these guys. We had that moment a week or two ago with Dolph Ziggler. We yep. just said everything we all think about Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. And this week he did the same thing with Shane and then backed it up to end the show. This is great, and it plants the seeds. And they've been doing this the last couple of weeks with things that aren't even moving towards extreme rules, just little things, the Maria pregnancy stuff. This It's all just getting planted, I think, for a big run up to the fall that's going to include all kind of different turns and storylines. I think it's all going to be fun. I think Kevin Owens is going to be a huge part of that on SmackDown. I think that's what we saw on Tuesday, which is really exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting. Do you think we see him this Sunday? Does he show up at some point? Probably in that Shane match. I don't think so. Because how would you... I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I guess he could, but I don't think he will. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like they want that to be a Roman Reigns Undertaker moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you let Owens come back in on Tuesday. Yeah, as Shane comes stunner. As Shane comes in, trying to somehow claim something, and well, all he has to do is show up, and he'll have talking points. So, (laughs) (laughs) what do you think is going to main event the show? The winner take all match, probably. Oh yeah, (laughs) because it's winner (laughs) Chase. I don't think you're ready. One more time before we go. No, no, we don't need to do it. Winner take all match. (laughs) It's just crazy that Taker. It's just rare that a Taker match isn't main event in the show, especially these yeah. days. Like, even... It, it might. <laughs> God, it might. It right. very well might. Right. You don't think that lines up? The Does this have the... This has the best potential since Mania, to me, to be an A-plus pay-per-view. because of the stories going into it, I agree with that. Okay. Because we've, we haven't had this many good stories going at the same time in a long time. Yeah. I think we can say that now. Yeah, you're right. And I think a lot of them are just getting started. And that's what's fun. Right. So we will be back next week. We'll be talking about Extreme Rules. And, of course, finishing out our trilogy. Yeah. Staying right in the modern era. Modern era general managers. Oh, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be a good one. So we got a decision to make at the end of that one. Yeah, a big one. So thank you. Stay tuned for next week. And continue to stay tuned to the social media and everything. Continue to subscribe at Sorry for Marking on all social media platforms. Tell your friends because we also got big things coming in the fall right along with WWE. Thank you all. Sorry for Marking. See you. Yeah, did pretty good. I think so. I think it went well.